pirates we are born, pirates we still be, we live on our ship, out on the sea, we rape and plunder every war, who gets in a way that's what happens in an every pirate day. Hey, hey, welcome back, Buck Bros, to the podcast. I am Buck Bro Ryan, and I am joined as always with my fellow Buck Brothers, John, Zach, and Bryce. Guys, welcome back. And after a bye week, we all got to relax a little. I know I put some football on while I was doing some schoolwork. Um, it was kind of nice to have a relaxing week of football, getting some schoolwork done, and my best fantasy week to date. Very nice. How did you guys spend your bye week? No buck ball this Sunday. Uh, man, I hung out, got the father-in-law in town, went out to the beach, did a little beach bonfire, watched some football, uh, you know, around the league and and, and took it easy. Uh, heart rate stayed nice and low, low stress, not watching the Bucks. It was, it's enjoyable. Hey, broadcasters. Yeah, I mean, I also took it pretty easy, put on some football, watched that, but, you know, did have one big addition to the family. Uh, me and the wifey uh, adopted our first puppy. So Sandy is now a member of the Hustleball crew. Um, I'm going to say something kind of surprising. I spent the weekend watching football and relaxing. Uh, I did some schoolwork as well. Uh, caught up on Love is Blind and The Golden Bachelor. So some real good quality time over the weekend for sure. Matt, sounded like we all had, uh, we all did exactly what you're supposed to do on the bye weekend and get some, uh, get some things tied up while relaxing. I did like, I would like to note that clearly Bryce, not as big of a Bucks fan, named the dog Sandy, not Jameis or any affiliation to the Bucks organization. It's at a all. girl. What am I supposed to name her? That's we Bucks have the first female. Assistant coach in Buccaneers history, brought on by okay. Bruce Arians. Oh, I, I should have named her Maury then. Of course. Yeah, my my name her. You could have named her Maisie, as in Baker Mayfield Maisie. <laughs> we could have named her, or you could have named her Barker. Barker. Okay. Barker. I was thinking May, like Mayfield. Yeah, you know, like Brady. Right. Brady's like a. Oh, Brady's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ryan, we played golf this weekend, right? Add that to the list of things we did on the bye week, didn't we play? We did, yes. Yeah, add that yeah. to the list. Yeah, it okay. must have been a memorable round. It was, was not. <laughs> it's not. The most memorable part was Ryan's back kind of like season up on like hole seven or something. Oh, welcome to golfing in your 30s. Yeah. <laughs> We've got another round this weekend, so. I'm hoping that it's I'm keeping my fingers you're, crossed. You're torturing yourself, bro. <laughs> I play, I'm playing uh, this weekend as well. Hey, there you go. I'm glad you guys all had relaxing weekends. There was some football information that we should update our Buck Bros casters on. That's our NFC South tracking. All of the NFC South teams were active on Sunday other than the Buccaneers. The two teams that were vying for the top, actually did get wins. The Saints looked pretty dominant over the Patriots. Bill Belichick's got something going on there that he's got to sort out. And the Falcons eke out a win under young way coup uh, in a late second field goal, 21 to 19. So they could move to three and two Carolina lost 
moved to 0 and 5 and they lost to who we are going to face next the Lions. So our NFC South tracker now looks 3 and 2, 3 and 2 Atlanta Falcons and the Saints, 0 and 5 for Carolina. Yeah, with all those murderers and cheaters, they're just not the Patriots anymore, right, John? You're absolutely correct. Uh, they look very bad. Uh, they have a bunch of scrubs on their offense. And I told you guys uh, during our week one segment when I did the Fat Pats that they went out and got Ezekiel Elliott, that that spelled doom for their team. Any kind of you know identity that they were looking to put together, they didn't stand a chance. If that's the kind of guy you go out and put on your roster – this is kind of what you were expecting out of your season. It was a no nothing season and um, they look bad. They look very, very bad. And I think luckily as Bucks fans and watching the NFC South, we don't have to worry as much about that saints win over the Patriots knowing how bad they are because, you know, the Cowboys put up 38 on them, uh, not very dissimilar uh, a week or so ago and then got clowned last night. So we know that, uh, whatever numbers are being put up against the Patriots does not really matter. The Saints, the Saints didn't prove anything in that win. Yeah, I gotta say that. I mean, the Cowboys might be the ones that are frauds, right? Like their wins have been against the Giants, the Jets without Aaron Rodgers, and the aforementioned Patriots. Like in all of them, it's not like they, uh, you know. The offense did anything spectacular, right? It was all kind of blunders from the other team <laughs> that got them most of their points. So here they go. And, you know, we're all thinking we're going to have a great Sunday night game. And the Niners just run rough shot over them. It, was, it wasn't even competitive. And not to toot my own horn, but to blast it, let me tell you that in a previous episode, I also told you guys that that Cowboys win early in the season was going to overshadow and make people forget. You also said the Niners were frauds. How does that look? All right. You're <laughs> All right, you I'm talking about that one too. I'm 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 what? 5 and 1 this season. I'm I'm good. Okay? I'm you got to shoot to score, Bryce, all right? You got to you got to shoot to score. You're right. I was I was right about Baker. I was right about Rodgers. I was right about the Cowboys. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I was wrong about the 49ers. Me and the Bucks are three and one right now. Okay. Me and the Bucks are three and one going into this bye week. You tell me what else you want to know, and I'll let you know. That's what we'll do. We'll update our Caleb Williams tracker to John's outlandish statement tracker and just well, get a record of I was also right about the Patriots. Four and one. Four and fact one check. Right we gotta get a fact check on John right now. Four and one. Well. Those two teams were certainly worthy of what the Buck moments, both having miserable games. But let's see if they made the cut. Let's move on to what the Buck throw for this week. And let's move to a guy who was prominent in that one game. John, you were on a tear. Dak Prescott leading the Cowboys to an unmotivated outing against the 49ers in one of the biggest games at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, why go get Trey Lance allow Dak Prescott to look that bad and not give him a shot. That That's what I don't understand. If you're going to bench Dak Prescott, why not go and use Trey Lance? Give your, give your offense something dynamic to look forward to. Dak Prescott came out and said, there's no way I'm going to throw 10 interceptions again. Well, you just had three in one game, bud. Okay, you look bad. The Cowboys look bad. And like I was saying earlier, I was right. They had a big win early that let them overshadow 
all the noise surrounding their team. They were not going to look good. And, you know, okay, right now they're the best looking nine and eight team out there. Okay. That's really what they are. They look phenomenal for a 500 team. They're bad. And uh, the only thing I'm going to miss out on is the fact that we don't get to play them this season because I would really like to slap them around. So, yeah, what the buck, Dallas? Why are you not giving Trey Lance a chance? I like how you were right and wrong in the same game at the same time. He had to cover both sides. Yeah, you know? he had so the yeah, bets on that bets one. There. Yeah. I'm going to be right on something, and that's what we're going to What was I wrong about? about? The 49ers being frauds. If they, I mean, they rolled the Cowboys. So The 49ers have not yet had a chance to be frauds. That's I a wild see. take. What okay. did you what did you say they're one injury away from being nine and eight? Yes. Okay. Are they five and zero oh right now? They, they are, are five and oh. Okay, gotcha. Okay. That's a hell of an injury. That <laughs> to is to make them go four and eight the rest of the way. Especially That's like a hell of an five injury. or four all pros. They don't even use everybody. Alone, like every game. Defense. Yeah, like this was Kittle's the team game. Is just loaded. I don't know. To John's point, we did see how miserable that championship game was for them. Without they didn't have Purdy. Purdy. Yeah. That's I, the one that's guy. What, right? Yes. That's the <laughs> one guy they lose. I think they're in a much better spot having Darnold back there. Back oh, up. Agreed. agreed. Yeah. I think oh, they learned their lesson. Zero quarterbacks available. Yeah. yeah that's well, that's yeah. probably true. Oh, the, CMC he, was ready to go out there and start throwing passes, bro. <laughs> they were going to put it all on the line. Here's the reality is Christian McCaffrey goes down, which he does regularly. And Brock Purdy eventually reverts to the mean which is you can't just go undefeated in the NFL as a goddamn quarterback. That's not how it works, and that's what he is right now. He's going to he's gonna revert back to the mean, even if he's exceptional, which I, I believe he probably is. You're going to lose some games as a starting quarterback, and so you, they lose CMC, and they're in deep trouble. The backup looked great in the game. Like, he was terrible. Their line is just very good. Their game planning, their scheming, like – I. I also like the, the Brock Purdy hate at a certain point, not that you're hating on him, but in general, everyone's like, he doesn't pass the eye test. I don't know. At a certain point, you just have to be like, this guy is balling. Like, is he flashy with it? No, but he doesn't make mistakes. He's smart with the football and he takes advantage of all the weapons around him. He's really savvy for Mr. Irrelevant or whatever. He, he may be the best quarterback in the league right now. And that's fine. I'm Baker. just saying even the best quarterbacks in the league don't lose games. I mean, they, they have to lose games. Only yeah. Brady goes undefeated. He'll he's lose a game. He'll lose, he'll they, lose they a game. They will lose a game, for right. sure. And hopefully a game They have to play us. Play yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe, you know what, John? Maybe we'll injure our three or four guys in that game. Then, then, then if there we go. To us, then they're frauds. Then we can just go ahead and claim that then and there. Then we'll we'll bump that John Tracker up. <laughs> take he that take right. that L away. Take he that out of the right. L column. That's a W column now. <laughs> Just like the 49ers, then five and zero, oh, baby. <laughs> well, let's move on. Zach, uh, there was big talk with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. Is he going to sign? Is he going to be a Colt? What ended up happening with that situation? Why well, is it a what the fuck, bro? Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy situation. It's a what the buck, bro, because you just watched a front office and an organization completely do a 180 on this guy who they wouldn't pay. They pup listed him. They were dragging him around, you know, his name through the mud and not really giving him a chance to be traded. They were doing everything they can to show him, like, you're not worth the money. And then they pay him the money 
three-year extension for 42 million, 14 million a year with a bunch of guaranteed money. And then in the first game after that occurs, Zach Moss goes out and rushes for 165 yards and two touchdowns, as if to say, we kind of don't need to be paying this man to prove them right. What they've been saying all along is that you're not worth this big money, but then they would have paid him anyhow. It's wild to be so right and so wrong at the same time. Uh, and, and it costs you a ton of money. Yeah, I mean, it's is Jim Irsay, John Jones in another life? I don't know. Is it pulling but, a John or pulling a Jim? We'll never yeah. know. Who knows? But I that uh, what the money. buck on that, bro? I don't know how you spend that money and then watch Zach Moss just ball out for free. Like compared to the money they're paying Jonathan Taylor, he's like a walk on. Yeah, that was <laughs> I was just about to say the best part for me is Zach Moss's performance. Um, you're right. He was, he was very right and very wrong at the same time. Um, but Jonathan Taylor did take a lot of flack and I'm, I'm going to speak of my, what the buck bro about a coach who took a lot of flack from another coach, uh, this week featured a matchup that was a little personal Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator of the now jets used to be the head coach of the Broncos. The now coach of the Broncos, Sean Payton, said that Hackett did the worst coaching job he had ever seen. And so coming in today, there was a lot of um, personal emotion invested in the Jets players to beat the Broncos. And of course, in great Sean Payton fashion with the game on the line, Russell Wilson fumbles the ball. The Jets scoop it up to score and extend the lead to 10 points. And it was just so great watching Sean Payton have to eat crow. And Zach, you let me know before this that Robert Salah comes to the middle of the field to say, stay humble uh, to to Sean Payton. That's right, Sean Payton, stay humble. You suck. We hate you. Bounty Gate was a bitch move, uh, and you're a bitch. I hate you. What the buck? Well said. Yes, thank you. But let's get on. Let's go back onto the field now. Let's get after my. Let's get off of my hate. Get back onto the field. No, man, let the hate flow. He let's was keeping it going. He, he was keeping them receipts. Robert Solo and Jets going. Peyton, I got the receipts. He's I got the receipts. I like it. Oh, I loved it. I. I mean, like I. I think I've said on previous episodes, I hate Sean Payton. It was very cathartic to watch. Uh, but back on the field, on the college gridiron, Bryce, you got to play from a college game this past week that was befuddling, to say the least. Yeah, that's one way to put it. It's not just a play. It's the entirety of how this game ended. Okay, unless you've been living under a rock, if you're a football fan, uh, or out in the woods, in John's case. Um, so it's Miami, Georgia Tech. University of Miami. Uh, they are playing in Miami. Miami is up 23 to 20. Um, and it is third and 10 from, I think, like, well, it doesn't really matter where. There's third and 10. There's 40 seconds left on the clock. Georgia Tech has zero timeouts. The play clock is 40 seconds long. Uh, you know, if you just looked at any playbook, if you just, you know, turned on Madden and it gave you the quick, easy sheet, 
the play that it would say to run would be take a knee. A knee wins a game. But is that what Miami does? No, no, no. We're going to run the ball. And so they do run the ball. But then their running back, as he goes to the ground, fumbles the ball and gives it back to Georgia Tech with 20 seconds left on the clock. Now, was it a fumble? That's debatable. However, the play stood. Georgia Tech then proceeds <laughs> to drive it down the field to about the 40-yard line with 10 seconds left on the clock. They get some pressure. The quarterback rolls out. Inexplicably, for some reason, the safety bites up. <laughs> they throw it over the top to the receiver going into the end zone. Georgia Tech wins the game. With just the most stupidly stupid ending to a game I've ever seen. I believe the announcer even said on the on the call, as soon as they score that touchdown, he said, it just has to be pointed out that has got to be the uh, worst coaching mistake I have ever seen in my life. I mean, that's how bad this decision making was. Uh, it's inexplicable. Uh, Mario Cristobal, University of Miami. What the buck, man? I have no idea what you were doing there. Yeah, ESPN had them at a 99.4% chance of winning that game. The only thing that could have yeah, happened. The point zero zero six percent chance being exactly what happened. Like this is that's why it's ninety nine point like because it should be a hundred percent chance of winning. Yeah, I do love like my favorite part of that after watching it because you sent it was not the fumble right because that's just a misplay. But then the next two plays are just the most improbable plays. How do you let the receiver get behind you with eight seconds left? Miami fumbled not only the ball, but everything at the end of that game. Absolutely everything. And the craziest thing is this is not the first time this has happened to this coach. He did it at Oregon. Same scenario. Runs the ball. Running back fumbles. Other team kicks a game-tying field goal. Then they eventually win in overtime. It's like, dude, did you not even learn the first time that this is a free play? Like, it's given. You win. That's it. All you got to do is take a knee. That's it. It hurts just to think about what the decision-making process was. I think they actually asked him after the game, what was your thought process? And he said something along the lines, well, it was third and 10. We thought we had a chance to pick up the first down in the game. And then the reporter, after that answer, asked, okay, it was third and 10. You're really telling me you think you had a chance to pick up a first down? And then he finally admits, yeah, we probably should have taken it. <laughs> if he learned from his mistakes, he wouldn't be coaching a new team. He'd still be at Oregon. Well, I mean, Miami paid him a lot of money to not coach at Oregon anymore. Well, there you go. Yeah, put that one in the L column. Just, just go ahead and put that in the L column there for you. Now nah, he made mistakes, and he didn't <laughs> learn from them. Sometimes you gotta learn from your mistakes. So they, so that that's not my L. If anything, that's Miami's L, right up there with that terrible uniform that they wear. Since when does Miami wear all black uniforms with neon green? It's it's, it's yeah. like they took a page out of USF's book. It was it was bad. It looked bad. It looked like an old St. Pete High uniform. Oh God. Let's move on. All right, we're not talking about St. P. High. Let's talk about the best uniforms that are going to come out this week when we play the Lions. The Cream Skulls 
making their reappearance um, as the Bucks host the Lions. And we're getting into our week six preview here. The Lions coming off a very convincing win against the 0-5 Panthers, but still convincing. They're a 4-1 team, and they look the part of the hype that they've earned with Dan Campbell at the helm. So, guys, when we look at the Lions game, what are the Bucks hoping to exploit from that team? What are your keys to this game? Um, so we can get to 4-1 and one and earn a little bit more credibility around the NFL. Well, I would think, you know, the Lions are actually a pretty good team, solid team this year. And I think, you know, if you had watched the end of the last season, you would know that they were going to be a pretty strong team this year. Um, they are led by a, a tenacious pass rush, and, which is led by Aiden Hutchinson. I think the biggest key to the game is protecting Baker. Um, if we can keep a, a clean pocket for the most part, if we can give him time to, you know, drive down the field of um, you know, finding receivers, Evans, Godwin, our big targets there. Then I think we stand a good chance to put up some points against the Lions. Uh, on the flip side, um, secondary's got to come to play. Uh, I think our line will do a pretty good job uh, against the Lions line. But again, you know, they've, they've been putting up numbers. They've got a lot of talent everywhere on the offense. Jared Goff is kind of coming to his own under the Lions management with Dan Campbell. It'll be a tough game, uh, but, you know, a throwback to the NFC Central days with the Lions and Creamsicles coming back will be a fun game. It got flexed to 425. I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, it's an old uh, well, the black and blue game, right? Black and blue division. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I really like their coach. He's rowdy. I like him. also like that he's like one double espresso away from having a massive infarction on the sideline and just dying uh he's cool i do like him i like the lions uh in any other week i'd probably watch and root for the lions i i they're they're a cool team to root for um the biggest thing for me in this game is gonna be are we healthy and we had a bonus monday practice today and everyone practiced ryan neal practiced kalijah cansey practiced you know, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, everybody practice in the session that was open to the media. Mike Evans practice. If the whole team plays and we play healthy, I think we're the better team. I just I, I think we are the better team right now. Uh, the the Lions have some good wins. They had that overtime win against the Seahawks. Uh, they beat up on the Falcons. They beat up on the Panthers, obviously. Um, and they beat up on the Packers. So they haven't had the strongest of opponents. Um, you know, they haven't played a, a team like the the 49ers or the Eagles. So there may be some questions there if if they've got some legitimacy, but um this should be a fun game to watch. Always love the throwbacks. You know, I, I love seeing that. I liked watching Baker play uh today at practice in his throwback helmet. He had his cream school helmet on during practice. It was awesome. So uh just an exciting week. I, I it's gonna be a fun game no matter what. John, likewise, I'm a I'm a big Dan Campbell fan. Uh, biting kneecaps the whole way down. Uh, he's gritty. Uh, he's it's hard not to like him. The stories of his job interview, where he's literally running plays, sweating in front of the hiring staff. Just he seems like a a great guy. And yeah, most Sundays I root for them. Obviously not this Sunday. Uh, you know, John said it like injuries on defense, like hopefully those guys are ready to go. I, I think Mike would go. Mike doesn't play 
every snap anyhow. So, you know, I don't think you need Mike to be at 100% because he's not going to play 100% of snaps. But uh, they have a wide receiver who missed last week, Amon Ross St. Brown. So Mike get fortunate. He needs another week to rehab his abdominal injury. I'm not sure if he'll be back. But that would be a, a big plus for our secondary if we don't have to cover him because he's very good. Uh, their tight end, Sam Laporta, very good. I think he's a matchup nightmare for our linebackers or, you know, nickel or safety, whoever is going to have to pick him up. Um, so that's something that I'm, I'm sure they'll be keying in on. And this is another one of those teams that has a really good line on both sides of the ball. Their offensive line is very good. Kansi clearly needs to be able to go. Like, that's – we need that body up front. And – their defensive line is very good. Aiden Hutchinson is a very good player. And uh, we just have to be prepared for a trench battle with those guys because their their DNA is to be physical up front. And hopefully, um, you know, we're prepared for it. And it'll be a great game. It's definitely the second biggest test we've had other than the Eagles. Hopefully we show up for it. And hopefully we do the Creamsicles proud. Yeah, this is going to be a dog fight, right? That's what the lions are bringing with them. It's that grit that Dan Campbell preaches is um, they're going to bring that physicality and it'll be interesting how we respond to that. And I think, you know, getting ahead early will help us settle into the game. So I'm hoping uh Canales comes out with a game plan that uh, is effective. And those scheduled plays are effective to the tune of points. I think that'll help us get settled um, allow Todd Bowles to be a little more flexible with his defensive calls. Um, and we're going to have to, on defense, make sure that we contain very well. Um, you know, from what I've seen, this offense likes to run gadget plays. They like to mix things up. Um, that Laporta touchdown from this past week on the double reverse pass. So, uh, we're going to need to be on our toes and, and make sure that the defense knows where it's supposed to be and, and what's likely to happen um, and not give up those big plays that could be killer to us. I think it's going to be, you know, a low scoring game, not the highest scoring game. If we let the score get away from us, uh, we might be in trouble. I'd like to see the defense start fast too, Ryan. Like the offense has started slow every week. But there have been some games where the defense has sleptwalked the first drive. Like Justin Fields looked amazing in their first drive. I'd, so hopefully they both sides start fast. I'd love like a three and out for the defense on their opening possession just to set the tone. I agree 100%. In, in you know, to your guys' point, I think we may be the best defense that they've faced so far this season. So that that bodes well for us. And they haven't played a lot of games away from Detroit. So they've been playing a lot of games at home so far this season. I believe they've only had maybe one or two games outside of their home stadium. So it's going to be loud in Tampa this weekend. It's going to be hot. It's going to be muggy and it's going to be bright with that orange reflecting off of everything. I I think we can we can play a little bit of home field advantage on this one too and 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 really set the tone. Yeah, John, you actually are correct. We will be the best defense, statistically speaking, that they have faced so far this season. Um, so put that in the W column. <laughs> no, I, I agree with all you guys. I think, honestly, uh, yeah, it's going to be about matching the physicality 
against the Lions. And hopefully, um, given that we've had a two-week break, we've got guys that are a little bit more healthy, maybe got a little bit more juice. We come out, we start strong, uh, we get ahead. And if we can, you know, get that first or, or get that early lead, maintain that, then you put all the pressure on the Lions. Uh, it's an away game. Hopefully, I don't want to see a whole lot of blue in Tampa this Sunday. Hopefully not. Uh, but that being said, it'll be a home game. Be a, definitely a, a, a crazy environment. So hopefully we take advantage of that and, and really just, you know, you know, bring it to them. In any case, I'm ready to see Cream School back at Raymond James. I'll be just loving the the vibe of the game uh, from the legends of the years past. So that'll be cool to see. Let's move on to our fantasy standings and our fantasy picks for this week. So let's first get an update on what happened last week and the Buccaneers or the former Buccaneers picks that we had. So, Zach, do you have our standings from last week? I believe so. Uh, so last week in our league, the top scorer was myself. So I'm going to give my stats. All right. 36.1 bringing my total to 161.12. Next is Ryan with 32.1. That takes his season total to 129.1. Then we have John with 27.94 points, bringing his total to 138.2. And then Bryce had 24.4, and he has 186.4 points. Currently in first place is Bryce. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't hear that. What was that last number? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Bryce put up his worst week yeah. of the season uh, <laughs> as his lead diminishes. Uh, he is up 25 points over the nearest team. Hey, I guarantee you that I think I got the best Justin Watson week out of probably what's going to be the rest of the season. You definitely hit on that for sure. <laughs> he is He's not going to get close to that again. Cha-ching! Huge two, two Watson catches. <laughs> Two big catches. Woo! All right. Well, thanks for the update. Let's get to our picks. And we're going to now obviously pick Buck players since the Bucks are back in action. And they will be for the rest of the year. So, John, you start us off this week with your Bucks pick. I got a great one this week for you. I'm taking the Bucks defense and special teams. That is going to be my pick this week. They are going in. I firmly believe it. They're going to put up some points this week. Bucks defense and special teams. I like it. All right. That's definitely a pick. Oof. I hope. I hope it, I, to all you know. I hope you you to do well, man. You know that's all I'm saying. Hopefully they get gotta, like five turnovers, three tutties. You're you're sitting there with like thirty points, and you're like, ha, told you. There's no quicker way to get the rest of us to root for you winning this week than to I was going to say all of the Buck Bros should be hoping right. John eviscerates everybody this week. Right, <laughs> the one unit that can't have a bad fantasy day and and have it not impact <laughs> your yeah. team's performance. Yeah. All right. Well, the Bucks D the first time the defense is off the board this year. Uh, Brostradamus John hoping for a big week. All right, Bryce, you're up next. All right. Well, it's tempting. Not a whole lot of players left on the board after that pick. Um, oh, man. Let me go with uh, Baker Mayfield. 
Okay. Let him bake. Continue to bake. Let him bake. It's really hard because you don't know if Mike is going to play or not. Um, We play the Lions. We do play the Lions. I just don't know. Um, all right, I I'll go with Godwin just because he had a good game last week. I'm hoping that he gets the same volume that he was getting last week. So or the he's other the week. healthier of the two. So he is. So yeah, yeah. If Mike is not available, uh, the guy wants the safer pick for sure. Yeah. Hey guys, can you remind me? Did we just talk about this game against the Lions for about ten minutes before the the segment? Who do we play again? Who are we playing? <laughs> Oh yeah, I forget. Uh, Ryan, there's an expression for uh, what you just did, which is "scared money don't make money." I'm gonna take Mike Evans. It's his first opportunity to wear the creamsicle. There's no way in hell, Mike Evans. I can't believe he's still here. I don't care if both hamstrings are hurt. He's gonna have two or three tutties. John's making a face like, "Is it the first time he's worn the creamsicle?" It is the first time he's worn the creamsicle. Josh Freeman oh. wore the creamsicle, and Mike Evans wasn't here for that. I was at that game. I was at that game with Josh Freeman against the against Packers at home. Yep. Mike Evans was was in College Station. Wow. We were at the one that Josh Johnson started against the Panthers in 2011. That one didn't turn out so well. Hmm. There's no way Mike doesn't show out or show up in those creamsicles. I the last time we wore the creamsicles when we played the Falcons, or no. I thought it was the Packers. <laughs> it had to have been the Packers if Mike has never worn if Mike's never worn the colors, it had to have been the Packers game. Josh Freeman was not our quarterback in 2013. No, because the Packers game was in 2010 or 20 2009. Okay. 2009. First time since 2012. Yeah. First time since 2012. And I'm saying 2012, that was Rodney Barber's last year. I forget who we played against who we played against uh those against. Wasn't it like Kansas City or somebody? I don't think it's Kansas City. Uh, somebody. Well, definitely somebody. <laughs> I can't confirm it was somebody. <laughs> uh, week seven. And we wore the cream single throwbacks. Who the hell is that, Dan? If that's not Josh Freeman. Oh, my God. That might be Josh Johnson. Uh, it's hold Josh on. Johnson. It was Josh Johnson. Uh, Greg Shiano said, I do like those uniforms. They'll be fun to wear. Um, Never. I took it back. I think Josh Freeman was on the team in 2012. Not 2013, but 2012. He was. Yeah, right? That was Shiano's first year. It was. But not Mike Evans' first year. No, because that was 2014. Yeah. So confirmed Mike Evans never worn creamsicle. No. Confirmed both Josh Johnson and Josh Freeman have worn creamsicle. And, and the only win, the and the only win we had in those uniforms was against Packers. 2009. The win, yeah, I agree with you. The only win we've ever had in those uniforms since they reintroduced them is against the Packers. But 2012 was, was the last to the time they wore them. 2012 against the Saints. Saints. There it is. Hmm. For a loss. Okay, so... Uh, it snakes to me, right? I need to just confirm that somebody is not on a bye week. Um, 
It's just Packers and Steelers. That's it? That's okay, it. all right. I'm going to stick with the hot hand. I'm going to take Jamar Chase. Now that Burrow is fully activated, ready to go, Jamar, 15 grabs for three tutties. So let's put Jamar Chase. And I have all the names of players chosen in front of me right now. So pick with Ooh. confidence that I'll call you out. There you go. I'm pretty confident the player I'm going to choose has not been taken because he just got activated this past week. I'm going to take Mr. Cup. Jonathan Taylor. Oh. <laughs> All right. Cooper Cup. Got it. All right. All right. Hmm. Oh, did we take Raheem Mostert already? I think we did, we did right? take Raheem Mostert in week yeah. four, taken by Ryan. That's what I thought. Okay. For a whopping five. Just take Achan. He's insane. He's what? I think yeah, he's... he went to questionable today. Yeah. Ooh, something about his Mostert owners like me love hearing that. All yeah, right. that's why I wanted to take Mostert, but it's already taken. So, well, shit. And thank the other hustle too. ball. Oh, who the heck do I take then? Um, DJ Moore could run it back. Another 49 points. You could me, take the counter. Give me Gabe Davis. Who the fuck is Gabe Davis? <laughs> uh, For the brand, that's a, a wonderful UCF night. Gabriel put some respect on his name, Davis. He was he on my it. bench this week. He was he like the off. only player I should have played other than the ones I played. I thought I was muted. <laughs> when you were just throwing shade. Don't include that. Who the fuck is <laughs> That man has a family, John. All right, John, round us out here. Uh, I'm going to go with Bijan Robinson against the Commanders this weekend. Yeah, uh, they give pick. him a lot of ground. Uh, and he's been looking good lately. Yeah, that's a good pick. Solid he's pick. a stud. He's the real deal. I really hate that for the next three seasons he'll be in the NFC South. All right. Okay. I've got everybody down. All right. Fantasy is done. Let's move on to our what you know, bro trivia section. John, can you fill us in on the trivia question this week? Sure can. Trivia is going to stay the same this week. And that is who was the last Bucks QB to beat the Saints during their first game? So uh, we're looking for the first Bucks quarterback to beat the Saints in their first game against the Saints, um, and that's going to be obviously prior to yours truly, Baker Mayfield. He was not the first. Uh, that was the question last week, and we're rolling into this week as it is the bye, giving everyone a chance to commit, get in there, answer that question. Win yourself some tri- some prizes. It's going to be a good week. All right. Thanks, John. You heard it here, Buck Bros. Make sure you're following us at Buck Bros TV if you want a chance to win the prizes from Trivia. Uh, so make sure you're following us there. We're also following along with Mr. Caleb Williams, the Heisman winner himself from USC. Zach, can you fill us in on how Caleb Williams performed this week? Down week for Caleb Williams. Uh, His worst performance yet needed three overtime periods to defeat Arizona at home. 
not great. It was also family weekend. Will Ferrell was DJing at a frat party. Still couldn't get it done. Easily, at least. Uh, Caleb went uh, for 219 yards, only completed 56% of his passes, just one touchdown through the air. No picks, though. Was sacked four times. He did have 12 rushes for 41 yards and three touchdowns. Still accounted for the majority of their points. Uh, but a down week for Caleb overall. You think he went streaking after the DJ? He looked lost at the DJ booth. I've never seen a man look his age more <laughs> than Will Ferrell trying to DJ at a frat party in 2023. We're going streaking on the quad. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. <laughs> Snoop, Snoop a loop. So when do we move this tracker down the big board to somebody who might be in our favor? Because right now, if the season ended today, I believe we'd be picking 28th. So now we'd probably trade up to grab. He had a terrible game. He's dropping way down to the end of the first (laughs) round. That's exactly what's going to happen. Finally, after that game, they just ranked him number 28. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. He also put out a statement that said it's Tampa Bay or I go back to USC. Bucks or bust, baby. That's it. Chicago currently with a firm death grip on picks one and two. But only two by their own record. Thankfully, Carolina is holding that one down. One's not theirs anymore. (laughs) Well, one is theirs from... No, 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 not their... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Carolina's pick. They are their theirs, but not their their theirs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Carolina's not... Yeah, Carolina's not winning more than two games this year. No. That little man is not a good quarterback. I'm so sorry, but that is the most five foot seven dude I've ever seen in the NFL. You cannot convince me he's six foot. Number one pick. Sure. I like his name. Yeah. Doesn't he spell it differently? He does. He does. Yeah, he's yeah. I don't want to say anything bad about another man, but who are we talking about? <laughs> CJ Stroud? No, no he's the young. truth. That's your real should have been number one pick. That kid is a stud. AR stays on the field looks pretty good. Yeah. AR doesn't have a shoulder right now. Yeah, he's gotten concussed. He's got he's got two concussions and a broken shoulder six games into the season. He's finished Five one game. Games. He's finished one game. <laughs> and it was the loss to the Rams. I think he played that whole game. It is funny. Like, this guy's like Adonis, but he's fucking he can't stay on the field. 240 runs a four four. Gets hurt like uh Bryce Young doesn't even get hurt that much, and he's tiny. Well, they can't find him. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Where'd he go? They don't want to hurt. Oh, no, it's okay, little child. We won't hurt you. This is someone's son, very clearly. (laughs) Where's the junior on the back of your jersey? (laughs) They should have him and uh, that Deuce Vaughn kid in the same backfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Brooke Bros, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, We hope you guys are as excited to see the Cream Schools come back to life at Raymond James Stadium. We hope Raymond James Stadium is loud and full of Bucks fans as we take on the Lions this week, hoping to solidify our grasp ahead of the NFC South. We're going to wrap up here, as we always do, with a Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Plus three and a half. Home dogs. Money lab. We're dogs again? Home dogs, baby. Dog.
or you go out and get Trey Lance, right? Pool of Jerry. <laughs> Pool of Jerry. <laughs> I, I firmly there. believe I think he like sabotaged them. I think I saw a meme of uh of like the play like Mike McCarthy calling the plays that, that uh Trey Lance provided and he was holding a Denny's menu. I think that's basically the <laughs> intel that, that he received. <laughs> I swear I'll this take is one grand slam. Oh shit, wrong game. <laughs> All right, man, we're going to get out there and run the moons over Miami. <laughs> okay. Back around. None of all of that, that is. <laughs> all that's going in. That, that'll that be the after the outro song. <laughs>